Mm-hmm. So good. Are you listening? Mm. Anybody out there listening? Yeah. Ooh. Good stuff today, huh? <laughs> I was looking at the time. I'm like, wow. It's been a good day to be in church today. Wow. Thankful for the Lord's presence and thank- thankful for those that are able to engage and just move beyond the norm. Uh, the Lord the Lord has taken us to new places, church, so you need to get yourself ready. Get your heart ready. Get yourself ready. Um, God's calling us to multiply ourselves, multiply as a church, grow beyond just us. And so in order to do that, we got to get ourselves healthy. We got to get ourselves ready uh, to be able to, right, disciple others. So I'm excited about this year. We've been in a series the last couple of weeks called Renew to make things new, right? We talked about fasting, we talked about the altar, we talked about prayer, and today our focus, um, I've got a short teaching, I'm going to talk on just the discipline of Bible reading and why it's so important that we be reading the Word of God. I know all of us probably know that. We all, you probably in your home have many Bibles, Um, But although we know things, sometimes we need to be reminded. And so today's teaching is going to hopefully remind you of the importance of why we need to be in the Word of God. Amen? So if you have your Word of God today, you're gonna, we're going to use it. We're going to look at a lot of different scripture. If you have your device, that's great too. We accept all kinds. <laughs> so let's pray as we get into the Word today. Jesus, um, we thank you again just for your presence. Thank you for speaking all through today, from pre-service prayer until now, God, thank you. Through, speaking through people, through song, lyric, through scripture, through encouragement, God, thank you for your presence. Lord, we ask for these next few moments, God, that you would speak through your word to us. May our ears be open, may our eyes be open, may our hearts be ready to receive what you have for us this morning. Illuminate truth to us today, God. Challenge us, Lord, and how much we're spending time in, in your word. Help us to do better. Once we know better, help us to do better. So God, we thank you. The word of God is living and active. And Father, I just pray right now that you will speak your heart from heaven to us today, God, in your precious name. Amen. All right, so those of you that have a car, right, which would be probably all of us, you understand that with a car comes work, right? You purchase a car, and hopefully when you purchase it, you open the glove compartment, and in there is a manual, right? And that manual is there to tell you everything that you need to know about how your car functions, what to do if something happens or breaks down, Um, does anybody, does everybody have one of those for their cars? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Uh, so you understand it's important that in order to maintain a car, you have to change the oil. You have to get the brakes fixed every so often, rotate tires, right? Well, the Bible, God has given us the Bible as our like maintenance log for our car, right? (laughs) The key is making sure that we know what to do and how to do it, and God has given it to us through Scripture. So really, none of us should be walking around not knowing what to do or how to do it 
We, shouldn't, we should have the answers for what is needed in our life because each one of us have that vehicle maintenance log, right? We have, otherwise, you could call it a GPS, right? We have everything that we need for life and holiness here. And many of us have many of them in our houses. Scripture, we have truth, we have it all. But yet, how many of you have something's gone wrong with your car and you're, you didn't read the instructions, you just tried to figure it out on your own? Anybody? Yeah, okay. Well, sometimes that might be able to work, but oftentimes it's not gonna, you're not gonna be able to fix the problem with your car unless you go back to, <laughs> right? So that's the key today. Maintenance is the key for optimal performance and we've got to maintain ourselves and our life through scripture. Amen? Amen? All right, I'm skipping some things. All right. The owner's manual provides for us all that we need. Good parents, good dads will help their kids know what's important for the car maintenance, for the car survival, right? Same with God. God has given us all that we need through scripture. But are we listening? Are we literally opening it up and asking him to help us. Did you know that the Bible, in, in most of you, the backs of your Bible, it has like sections that say anger and there'll be verses that are related to anger or different topics. I mean, there's concordances that you can utilize that can help you look up and study literal things that are gonna help you with your life. Like the answers. But we don't access it. We don't utilize it. We just let it sit there because why? We think we got it figured out. I know how to do it. I, I can do it. Barna Research Group says that 93% of Americans own a Bible. Uh, uh. But only 12% read it every day. There we go, right? <laughs> and only one in seven read it at least once a month. No wonder we are deprived from truth. We are deprived from knowing what to do and how to live. No wonder our society is in such an upheaval because there aren't answers in the world. The only answers come through scripture, through knowing God's truth and God's plan. So here's a great way to get involved here at Rockside. We have a Bible reading plan. There's about 20 of us or so that are involved. You can go on our website Join with that. It's an amazing time. You can see what other people ask questions or mark things down as, hey, this scripture meant a lot to me. It's a great way to be engaged together as a church while being in scripture. Plus, it keeps you accountable because here's something fun. Uh, everybody that's on the reading plan, you can see who read for the day. They get like a little check mark. So it's accountability too, right? We don't read out of duty, but we read uh, the scripture because we know that it's going to help us. So I encourage you to get involved in our Bible reading plan because we believe it's important as a church that as a congregation that we are in God's word. Now listen, if you don't join the reading plan and you're reading on your own, that's great, that's fine. We're not gonna make you feel bad for that. But it is a great opportunity to engage with others at the church as we are reading through 2024 together. We believe it's important. God's word transforms. You need transformed? Amen. Anybody? God's word. 
transforms us by the renewing of our minds. We need our minds renewed. We need our hearts renewed. And we do that through scripture. Billy Graham, how many of you recognize that that name, right? He's passed away since. (laughs) But let me read this to you. It says this, an interview with Newsweek in 2006, Billy Graham, then age 88, was asked what he would do if he could live his life over again. This is what the article says. If he had his life to live over again, Graham says that he would spend more time immersed in scripture. Immersed in scripture, all right? He never went to seminary and his lack of graduate education is something that still gave him a twinge. The greatest regret that I have is that I didn't study more and read more, he says. I regret it because now I feel empty at times of what, of what I would like to have been or have known. I have friends that have memorized great portions of the Bible and they can quote so much by memory. And that would mean a lot to me now. And he's talking again, he's 88 years old. Now here's a man, a faithful servant of the Lord that had committed at that time over 50 years of his life to reaching the lost for Christ. Thousands had come to know the Lord. And yet here he is in this interviewing saying, I regret that I didn't spend enough time immersed in the word of God. Hello. What, what an encouragement to us, right? All the more do we need to be in the word of God because it matters. Here's a couple of reasons why people don't read the Bible. Number one, all right? People think the Bible is archaic and out of date. They say, oh, that speaks to another generation. It doesn't speak to this present generation. Number two, people doubt the Bible's credibility. They're like, eh, that's old. But you know, it's been on the bestseller list for forever. It's the only book through the, literally the test of time. All kinds of people all throughout have tried to poke holes in it. And it has stood the test of time because it's God's word. (laughs) And he's in charge. I believe the Bible is credible because it, it's a history book except Revelation. Do you understand that? It is literally history. You can go and find other Jewish history books that have the same dates and names and things. And I mean, it is history. Revelation hasn't happened yet. That's the only book of prophecy. That's incredible. There is credibility. There's testimony of fulfilled prophecy all throughout the Bible. Jesus himself fulfilled many, 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 many prophecies. And beyond that, the word of God is living and active and it revolutionizes people's lives. It changes lives. I've seen it, I've watched it, and he's done it to me. So why, why do we not? Why do we not take it for seriousness, right? People don't make time. The enemy has brought lots of distractions into our life, into this world. Lots of things that aren't even necessarily bad. They're good. They're good things. But they steal our time. They steal our focus. They steal our distract. They distract us from what is good. And we allow that instead of creating space with Jesus, space in his word so that he can pour into us his newness. So just a couple thoughts. And again, this is more of a teaching than it is a preaching this morning. Um, And I'm going to go through them pretty quickly uh, because we're running out of time. So here are some encouragement on why you should read and study the Bible. All right. So if you're taking notes, this would be a good place to jot them down. It'll be on the screen. Number one, 
It teaches us about God's plan. The Bible is God's revelation of his will to man. He's given it to us so that we know his plan. So we, when you say, well, I don't know God's will. Well, do this, okay? You don't know what God wants you to do. You don't know what you're called to. Should you do this? Should you do that? Should I marry this person? Mm. You just open it up and you begin seeking God. You begin reading his word because that's where wisdom is. He is wisdom and he's poured it out to us, for us, so that we are not left alone in this world to figure it out. He's a good God. Like he's a good parent. He's not a bad parent that's like, I'm just going to leave you guys on earth to figure it out. I'm not going to tell you what to do, you know. He's a good God. He's a good father. Those of you in here that are parents, you would never, you know, okay, kid, I'm going to throw you into school. I'm not going to give you any, any tools or nothing. Good luck. Figure that out on your own. No. You prepare your child. You get them ready. You teach them. You pour into them. You give them knowledge so that they can be successful because you're a good parent and you love your kids. That's our Jesus. He loves us, so he's provided for us. So we should read it and study it so that we know God's plan. Not only his big plan, Genesis to Revelation, because that's kind of important, how it begins and how it ends, right? But only also for our own selves, so that we know the plan for our own life. Turn with me to Romans chapter 12. And again, we're going to look at some different scriptures today, so we'll kind of bounce around. Romans 12 verses one and two, and some of these are going to be familiar to you, but they just speak. It says this, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship. Verse two says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. You need to know God's will. You're gonna find it in scripture, but it even says before that, you don't copy the behavior of the world, but then you got to let God transform you into a new person and then change the way you think. Then you're going to be able to understand God's will. So there's some things that have to happen, but you're going to find it in Scripture. Jeremiah 29, 11, you all know this, such an incredible Scripture. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not disaster to give you a future and a hope. When you hear that, when you're wondering what God has for you, the Bible brings hope. The Bible brings direction so that we can know and we can trust him. Number two, quickly, this, the Bible gives us discernment. That's a big word. Discernment is just the ability to judge well, to know what truth is. Well, again, scripture helps us with that. Hebrews 4.12 says this, for the word of God is alive and powerful. 
It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. It helps lay us bare. Philippians 2, 21 says this, all the others care only for themselves and not for what matters to Jesus Christ. We have got to get our heart in the direction of knowing what matters to Christ. Where's his heart? Where's his passion and mission? We find that in scripture. We don't determine that ourselves. It comes from knowing his word and knowing his plan. So it's important. <laughs> it teaches us God's plan. It gives us discernment. Number three, the Bible provides nourishment, provides us with food, daily bread. That's how it's referenced. I'm sure all of us here today have eaten something before you came to church today. We make sure that our bodies are fed because if not, we start to get hungry, right? And sometimes hangry for some of us. How come we don't get hangry when we don't get the Bible in us, when we don't read the Bible? We probably actually do because our flesh is showing up. So we don't get hangry, we get angry, right? So we, we need the Bible because it provides for us spiritual strength, helps us maintain an emotional balance. It's literal food that we need daily, daily bread. Matthew 4, 4 says this, but Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say, people do not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. We can't just survive on just regular food. We've got to have that daily bread. John 6, 63 says, the spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life, nourishment, when you read scripture, it's living and active and it's going into who you are, into your spirit, and it's bringing life. The world and sin creates death and it's all around us and it's crouching in all the time. So we need to put nourishment in. You probably take vitamins and supplements. Some of you work out, you make sure you eat well because why? You're caring for your body, you're caring for your temple. Well, we need to do the same things for our temple inside our spiritual house where Jesus lives, right? So the Bible provides nourishment. All the more do we need to be eating of scripture. The Bible provides guidance and direction. Psalm 119, 105, familiar scripture says this. I'll wait, yep. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Do you need guidance today? Do you need direction to make a decision, to make a choice? What do I need to do about this or that? In prayer, read your Bible. They're gonna get that wisdom because he is wisdom. So the Bible gives us guidance. I'm so thankful for his word. There's a lot of other things that are out there that are trying to tell you what to do and how to live, but it's short-lived. His word is living and active. Number five, it gives us courage. Reading scripture gives us courage. In Joshua 1, 8 through 9, it says this, study this book of instruction continually, meditate it on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. 
And then verse 9. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Just two scriptures. There's so much in that. The Bible gives us courage, helps us know we're not alone. Do you understand the power in that? You don't have to read chapters upon chapters and chapters. That's great to study the Bible. Absolutely, yes. But his word is nourishment. His word is guidance. It gives us courage. If you're discouraged today, get into his word and allow his word to minister to your heart and to your soul. And the last is this. The word of God gives us power to overcome. We sang about it all today. We declared it in this place today. Victory. Victory is his. There's victory in our life because of Jesus. Right? The word of God provides that victory. Power to overcome. James 1.14 says, Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. The enemy is waiting just to drag you away. He doesn't want the Lord to do anything in your life. He doesn't want breakthroughs. He doesn't want victories. He wants to remind you of your past. He's a liar, right? So we need to use scripture. And there's a great reference to that in Matthew. It's not, it's not going to be on your notes. In Matthew chapter 4, turn with me there. But we watch Jesus be tempted by the enemy. And we watch Jesus lay out literal scripture as like <laughs> guns to the enemy. And I just love it because it helps us understand what we need to do when the enemy comes. The Bible talks about take captive every thought and bring it into obedience. We don't, you don't have to be tormented by the enemy in your head, right? A lot of the battle happens in our heads. And so we have to, through scripture, transform our minds. We got to take captives those thoughts. We got to use scripture to remind the enemy who he is and how little power he has because Jesus has overcome and we walk in victory. Amen. So Matthew 4, verse 1 through 11, we're going to read it. And again, it's not on the screen, so you're going to have to look at your device and we'll read it together. All right. Familiar to most of you, right? The temptation of Jesus. But I want us to read it together because it's so powerful and so profound what scripture does to the enemy, right? We, we sang about it today, the name of Jesus, right? Demons have to flee. The power of darkness has to go at the name of Jesus. There's power in his name. There's power in scripture. Verse one says this, then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he had fasted and became very hungry. So he had already done preparation work. And here he is vulnerable and weak. And of course, that's when the enemy comes, right? During that time, the devil came and said to him, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves and bread. How convenient that he came right at his place of hunger and like literal hunger. The enemy knew. I'm going to come right at him. He just got done fasting. And Jesus told him, love it, in red. I don't know, in some of your Bibles, I don't know, but the love the words in red because those are literal Jesus, what he said. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say, 
People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. He used scripture, quoted it, and sent it right back to the devil. Love it. Then the devil took him to the holy city of Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, if, again, he's trying to question, question his identity. How many times does he do that to you, right? Question, oh, are you really saved or are you forgiven? He'll come, try to remind you of things from the past. That's just, the devil doesn't have a lot of tricks, but the ones he does, he repeats and uses. Then the devil took him to the holy city, to the highest point. If you are the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say, hmm, so wait, so the devil knows some scripture? That's interesting. For the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. So here the the devil is using scripture. Jesus responded. Of course, he's going to deal with that. The scripture also say you must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. He, I, again, I'm sorry, this just cracks me up because like, the devil is like, I will give it all to you, he said. <laughs> like, who did he think he was? Really? Like, I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. So even then, he's just trying to deceive him into trying to, (laughs) crazy. Jesus said, get out of here, Satan. Get out of here, Satan. Some of you need to, you need to quote Jesus there, right? You can just read it right out of the Bible. In some of your lives, some of the stuff you got going on, you just need to say, get out of here, Satan, in the name of Jesus. Leave. Jesus told him, for the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil went away and the angels came and took care of Jesus. The word of God gives us power to overcome darkness, sin, addiction, demonic powers. The Bible and scripture, the name of Jesus gives us power to overcome all of that. Amen. But are we reading it? Are we activating it? Are we using it? Does your Bible have dust on it at home? I pray today that you decide to change your relationship with Scripture, that you decide to begin opening up the Word of God and allowing it to read you, and of course you reading it, and just downloading heaven into your life. Because guys, we need it. You got all kinds of things going on in your life, and in your relationships, and in your neighborhoods, and at your job. And you don't have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. But we know who does, and we know the scripture does. And we need to activate that. We need to renew our minds. We need to renew our commitment to the scripture, to reading the scripture, to memorizing the scripture. You know, we're so blessed in America. Like, there are places right now across the globe, they can't have Bibles. Do, you under, do we understand that? Like, we are so grateful to be able to have such access to the scripture right now. We need to be memorizing scripture. We we may not always have that access. At some point, that could all go away very quickly, actually. And so we need to be memorizing scripture so that we know the truth. There's a lot of challenge in there for us today. 
the last scripture that we're going to focus on today, and thanks for letting me kind of blast through that a little bit, is this, 2 Timothy 3:16 and 17. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. Oh, there we go. It corrects us when we're wrong, and it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So all of it in a nutshell, that's it right here. All scripture, say that with me, all scripture. All, right? Is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what's wrong, not with somebody else's life, right? We don't use it to be like, oh, so-and-so, no. What's wrong with our lives? It corrects us when we're wrong, and it teaches us what to do is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people. I'm challenged myself. I need to know the word more. I need to know his plan more. I need to spend more time eating, nourishment. I need more guidance. Are you with me in that? Amen. Let's stand to your feet, and Arabella, if you'd come up. We're going to pray this morning just for a renewed commitment to the Scripture. And we're all in the same boat. You know, you might, you might have a really good relationship with the Lord, and you might be really into the Word, and you know Scripture, even if you're the best person in the room that spends the most time in the Word of God, there's always more that we can be doing. There's always more that we can pour into our lives, right? We don't have enough of the Lord. <laughs> and so today, I want us to just make a recommitment to the Scripture as a church. That's how we're going to be stronger. That's how we're going to have something to offer people is by making sure that we're full of His word and his plans, what he has for us, purposes. It's going to give us all that we need this year because God is doing great things in us and through us. And God's got big plans for this church. And we have to be founded in scripture. We've got to know what God says about what's going on in the world and going on in our own lives. We have to know the truth for ourselves. You can't just Sunday to Sunday. That's not enough. Nobody eats once a month or once a week. Nobody does that. You wouldn't do well. So uh, during the week, you need to be feeding yourself, making sure that you're not just snacking, not little snippets. You need to be eating the word in prayer, right? Focusing on Jesus, asking him to teach you, to train you in wisdom so that we know how to be a good example, so that we know how to be his disciples, so that we really know how to follow him. How are we going to know unless we're in his word and know his will and his plan for us? Amen. So let's close our eyes across this place. And today's challenge, altar challenge, is just simple. It's just to ask you to just recommit. And that's between you and the Lord. I'm not even going to ask anybody to raise their hand. I just want you to bow your head and I just want you to check your own heart and your own life. And if you need to make a recommitment to the scriptures, to making time for downloading the word of God in your life, then just do that right now. You can talk to Jesus, invite him in to help you.
and he will. So just take a moment and just respond to the Lord between you and God in this moment. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. you don't come to us with condemnation. You don't come into our lives and point out the places uh, where we just failed a, a big, big this week. God, you come with grace. You come with conviction. You come with love. And so God, I pray for all of us in this place that you would give us a renewed desire for your word. God, I pray that we would have a hunger for scripture, not only to read it, but to be, to be in it, to meditate on it, to memorize it. God, that we would want it deep within our hearts. So like scripture says that we will not sin against you. God, help us to get it into our souls daily. Father, may we have that daily bread of your word into our life. God, give us strength. Give us the ability to make time in our schedule. Help us not to make excuses, to move, remove the hindrances that are causing us to not take care of our souls and our spirits. God, forgive us, Jesus, for letting our Bibles sit off to the side and thinking that we can figure out life on our own. God, forgive us, Jesus. We pray for a renewed spirit, fresh love for your word, God. May we encourage one another. May we challenge one another. God, thank you for technology that we can read the Bible online and we can have these Bible reading plans. God, thank you for the things that you've given us to encourage us even together to do it together. And so God, uh, we thank you. We ask you for your help today. And God, we trust you that you're gonna help us from here on out. Give us a greater thirst and a greater desire to know your word, Jesus. We love you today, God. Thanks for meeting us. Thanks for being in our worship. Thanks for speaking today. Thank you for your word that you're speaking to us all the time. But are we listening? Help us to listen. In your precious name, amen.